0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of No Reserve, Haggerty's podcast about the enthusiast car market. Now, we're here to help you make sense of the market, whether you're buying, selling, or just watching. Now, this is a special time of the year for us because we've just debuted our bull market list. This is an annual roundup of cars that we think are going to go up in value. Great. You can buy, enjoy, and sell for about what you have in it. Awesome. So, on the show, Dave and I discuss this year's list and we highlight recent examples of some bull market cars that sold. And they include a wide range from a Lamborghini Countach to a Chevy Impala and a Chrysler Town & Country. I'm Larry Webster, editor of Hagerty Media, and I'm joined by Dave Kinney. He's the publisher of the Hagerty Price Guide. Now, between the two of us, we've got decades of experience buying, selling, and driving the cars we love. Plus, we don't just guess at the values. We're backed by the data of the Hagerty Valuation Tools. All right, Dave, let's get into it. This is a big week for both you and I, right? The bull market list debuted this week. and you know, you're such a huge part of it. We couldn't do it without you. Can you give me give the audience an explanation of what it is? Oh, you're the man, Larry, and you're asking me to
1: do this this yeah, is our- yeah, yeah. all right. it's our picks. It's the uh, it's the Haggerty picks for uh, the 10 best collector cars to buy right now and it's diversified. You're not, you know, not just looking at Lamborghinis here. We got uh, Chrysler's in here and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know you guys put it together and then do the photography and uh, go out and drive the cars and have some uh uh-huh. you know some personal interaction with them. So you're a little
0: more hands-on with this. But it's been going for a bunch of years now. How many years? Are we 10 years this Se- this is our 7th list and uh, to this day I'm still amazed that we can do it because the whole idea is these are cars that are gonna increase in value. Mm-hmm. And not like at your 401k, we but hope. like we hope. We hope. <laughs> right. I I remember I asked you guys eight years ago, do you think we could give a guess of what might be appreciating? And there's a little pause and you guys are like, yeah, we could do that. Whoa. I mean, and away we go. And um, you know, I I always, you know, Dave, we've talked about how much I really cringe about Uh, the status in the car guy world where, and car guy out gal world, where I made money having fun with my hobby. And, you know, we always say buy what you love, but the whole point of this was to suggest, well, these things are a store of value now. So there's ways you could be smart with your money and you could also buy one of these, enjoy it for a few years and, you know, sell it for maybe a little more or about what you got in it. So it's almost free, right? Well, if you do it right,
1: I guess you can do it for free. I've done it a couple of times. It doesn't always happen. And sometimes you get the, uh, you know, the, uh, the spanner in the works, as they say in England, uh, something, uh, you know, something. Like a big a repair wrench. bill. Yeah. It throws a wrench in your plans yeah, or, yeah. you know, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I buy a truck, I drive it. I know it's going to be worth a lot less than I sell it when I buy a, a new truck. Or, yeah. Yeah, uh, Exactly. When I buy a collector car, there's a chance if you buy it right and follow the demographics and and have a good model to begin with, you can come out okay. And that's what this is
0: all about. So we're trying to help you. We're leaning on all your years of expertise to sort of, you know, that I know you guys, you get all the data, you spit out the data. These are the ones and then you layer in a fair amount of like objectivity to it too. Like, okay, over time, this is what we've seen before. Here's how many insurance quotes we're getting, all this stuff to come up with the list. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's
1: all kinds of stuff that goes into the mix. Sometimes it's chasing down rumors, and that's really fun because I really enjoy doing that. Just heard that so-and-so sold this car, and it went to so-and-so. Do you know anything about it? And sometimes, it, you know, I can make the phone calls, or somebody else knows, and they say, yeah, he bought it because he really, really wanted it for his collection— or she bought it because, you know, this was the car she wanted in high school, something like that. So it's, it, you know, there's some detective work, but a lot of it is just, you know, regular old shoe leather, just knocking down the, uh, the sales, looking at the cars, going through the auctions, talking to people, all that stuff. And that's what Got I love it. doing. That's what I love doing.
0: Well, it's super fun. So the 2024 edition came out this way. And and as you mentioned, we really try and make sure it's diverse. I cover a lot of different, um, uh, buyers and tastes and pocketbooks. Because, you know, we're all about helping people enjoy this hobby more. And I, I think if we looked at the 10 cars on this list, was there one on there that just surprised you the most? Yeah, there sure was. What? <laughs>
1: Plymouth Prowler.
0: Really? That surprised you? Why?
1: Well, it just has been, you know, you know that like if you listen to old blues records, there's this theme that goes through, been down so long it looks like up to me. <laughs> Sorry, but that's the way I feel about the Plymouth <laughs> Prowler. It does yeah. not. It does not have a V8 engine, and boy, did it get pummeled in the marketplace for that. And oh, so, uh, but but they're so distinctively different, and they're, they're cheap,
0: and they're, cheap. they're, they're comfy, so they're and cheap. they work.
1: Yeah, and you can buy the trailer that they sold along with it if you need, really need to, you know, pack for the weekend, just <laughs> for just for the evening. So, uh, well,
0: yeah, let's use that as a jumping-off point to go to our past sales because you've you've collected a lot of uh, a subset of the bull market list, which you can see the whole full thing on haggerty.com forward slash media. It's all over our stuff. You can read the full list. You can get our past performances and report cards, how we've done. But you know, for this, let's sink right in. You've highlighted there was a original owner, 1999 Plymouth Plowler uh, with the trailer that just sold on Bring a Trailer on December 12th, closed for $29,500. So you're suggesting that's a steal.
1: I think that's a fantastic price. Now we have these in the price guide; It's right in the middle of where we have them in the price guide, between fifteen and forty-three thousand. Um, okay, and, and this car should be should tip a lot closer to forty-three thousand. Seventeen thousand mile one owner car has the trailer. I mean, come on, all this, all the good stuff is right there. Uh, they all have the three point five liter V six. They're all automatic transaxle, four speed automatic transaxle, and most of them are purple. And so this has got, it's ticking all those boxes, right?
0: I mean, it, it, it well, l- let's just speak to why the data team, which you're an integral part, decided this is on the way up. Tell me what are some of the clues that suggested 29 5 is a good price now, but it'll probably be more in a few years. What is it that tells you that? It's the distinctiveness of the design, the distinctiveness of ah. the
1: driving experience. It's also the fact that it was kind of a one-off from a manufacturer. Now, there are all there's a couple small companies that make these fun things, and you know I, we can go into the Aerial Atom and those sorts of things, which are a lot faster ah. than the—but uh, uh, but if you can find a nice one, it's that kind of sweet spot where people are— you know the original owners and the people who had them for a while are just getting rid of them. A lot of the times, they'll be older guys who bought them. This skewed pretty old for the demographic because, uh-huh. hey, I can buy a. You know, I can't. I can't really. Um, you know, play around too much with a thirty-two. Another thirty-two Ford. But if I got something that had modern electronics, had modern, uh, you know, uh, 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 equipment in it, had you know decent tires and wheels and all that sort of stuff, that had a
0: good look to it, let's have fun. It's convertible.
1: I mean, what's what's wrong with that?
0: Well, it's pretty interesting to me because, um, you know, hot rods in the past 40 years are really all about style. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's really street racing them. And, uh, what this, you know, this car said to me was like, Hey, look, you can have a lot of the style and the experience, but you can have all the production car luxuries from, you know, power windows to air conditioning, the cruise control, automatic transmission. So, Hey man, go cruise, you know, but there's no pain. And, the the dip in values or the lack in popularity suggested, well, if you're going to be a hot rodder, you got to be able – the pain is part of the style is what I concluded. And that's why this thing wasn't that – they all said, well, it's because it didn't have a V8. Maybe, you know, you didn't hear that rumble, rumble at the exhaust, but I, it is a – it's a pretty well-engineered car. Mm-hmm. It's something you can use. It's convertible. It's cheap, and we're suggesting look at 30 grand because nobody drove these things. Yeah. You can have a ton of fun, and there's almost no risk, is what you're saying.
1: Well, I mean, look, you know, maintenance is one thing, and you know, taking care of what you have is another thing. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a very complicated car. You know, what you go, know, this ain't no Lamborghini. How's that? I mean, it's uh, you know, it, right. it, it's got you know, a lot of off the shelf type parts. Now, of course, Plymouth is no longer in business. So for some states, um, it's really interesting because you can get historic tags, even though uh, it might not be quite 25 years old. So, um, you know, uh, it makes it so it might even be cheaper to own from the historic, uh, historic tag standpoint. So there's a lot of things going for it. But it was a real surprise to see. But I'm happy to see it.
0: Well, okay. So bull market car with a, that's a real live version. This somebody got a great car for not a lot of money? Let's move on to the next one. This, this is the one that surprised me the most that was on the list. It was the, uh, it's basically a late forties Chrysler town and country convertible. And, you know, for those who don't know they're um, they've got wood on the sides, but their metal hoods and stuff like that, they're sort of in between the full Woody and a metal car. Um, you know, Dave, these are one of those cars I thought like the the audience that really wanted them has has is not really buying cars anymore. So, but this one really bucked that trend and give us a sense why do you think so? Okay,
1: well, it is a all steel body with wood trim. Now, before uh, you know, in before World War II and a couple of you know years after World War II, these would actually be an all wood body with uh, the center section was all wood. With steel built around it. So this was, you know, the last of the cars that actually had wood on them. So it qualifies as a Woody, but just barely. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, these have kind of been neglected because they were kind of looked down upon from the Woody people. Um, oh, right. Because they weren't pure. Yeah. And and I get I it. I see. It doesn't have the same look as the, as the Woody because the, you know, the wood panels are just now steel panels uh-huh. and it's accented around. The car that I'm highlighting here, unfortunately, ends in four hours from now. So the time anybody hears this, it will have uh, it will have ended. It's a broad arrow and part of the George Foreman collection. And right now, it's at a ridiculously low eighteen thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, no reserve auction. Yeah, no reserve. So uh, hopefully, nobody's asleep on this thing, and they're going to pick it up for you know maybe twice or three times what uh, you know this thing is in for. We've got sure. this car starting at 32 up to $163,000 in the price guide. Wow. I'm not going to say this is a $163,000 one, but I'm certainly not saying it's a 18.5 uh, one. It's worth a lot more than that. So it's this hugely stylish, comfortable, convertible cruising car, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, look, the you... fire department's coming out to put out this sale. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> And they had early automatic transmissions, some sort of uh, you know it had a clutch pedal, but it was an automatic, right?
1: Yeah, a
0: uh, um, you know a, a manumatic, I guess, an auto manual, whatever. Something so, weird about it. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah, much yeah, about yeah. it, but you know, and um, straight eight engine, really simple, but sort of the that post-war time when you know the big three were still building cars from before the war, they hadn't really caught up to modern design, so this is sort of exactly. a little bit of a time exactly. capsule. This is where. Uh,
1: you know, uh, America was just starting to get back into production by 49. They were full on into production, but this was looked at in 49 as kind of an old car. I mean, it was kind of, uh, like old, old styling. Yeah, sure. So it was kind of pre-war styling, which didn't sell really well, uh, when other cars came out, they made, uh, uh, you know, post-war, they made 8,500, uh, over three years. Uh, so this thing's seafoam green, great color. It's got a great color. Yeah. Fully, hopefully. hopefully Someone doesn't pull a knockout punch on George Foreman and buys this for a little more money
0: than what's going on. <laughs> well, we'll Wait, what did you just do there, Dave? Please tell me you didn't do that. Did you just do that? I did. I did. Yeah, because this uh, it's the actual George Foreman, the boxer. His collection of cars is for sale right now on the Haggerty auction site. At, um, so you can go check out. He's got a bunch of, really had a diverse collection. I had no idea he was such a car guy.
1: Yeah, and a lot of cars. And there's some fun stuff, too. So, I mean, it's yeah. worth checking out. There's a few more cars coming up in the next uh, few days. So I don't know when the final one goes, but it would be fun to look at. You can see what George, who has sons named George, 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 and George, uh, would, uh, you know, would uh, wind his watch, what he, what he liked in the automo-
0: automobiles. And it's a great, great, diverse collection of cars. But I want to move on to our next segment, which we call Kicking Tires. It's cars that are going to be for sale coming up. And, um, Dave, there's a couple of you're watching. What's one of them? <laughs>
1: you're going to hate this. <laughs> I know you're going to hate this. A 5,000 okay. mile 2019 Fiat 124 Spider A Barth. Okay. What is it, Dave? What, wait, what? It's mm-hmm. a Fiat. It's a Fiat. Uh,
0: yeah, you can't. uh man, I know. I'm going to eat crow. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is for sale on Haggerty uh, Auctions. It's right now at ten grand. These are um, I I haven't spent a lot of time in them, David, but I've been on record. I am a Miata lover. Even the current generation Miatas are fantastic. I own two of the first generations. I've had raced them. I've got I, I mean all kinds of experience with them. I've heard that you know these got a, the Fiat version of the Miata has a little bit goofier styling, but also got a turbocharged engine. So. That's right. Right, I mean, the potential to juice the power on these things is quite high, and you, you know, I think they're. I, I see why you did it, why you pointed one of these out, Riley. Because these are bargains, right? Is that what you're going to tell me?
1: Well, I mean, at, at this kind of price, it's free. I mean, you know, but uh, it's obviously <laughs> got some ways to go. You know, uh, I, I, I'm hey, big Papa, say, Maybe I would just. <laughs> I would just say. I like the distinctive style of these cars. Now, you're you're not a fan of the styling, okay? I get that. But it, you know, it is distinctive. It is also... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a great collaboration. Fiat and and Mazda got together, or obviously Fiat called Mazda and said, hey, guys, we're kind of rebranching and we're doing things different. And How about if we make a, uh, you know, we, we uh, have a special Fiat that's uh, uh, basically a Miata? And uh, somebody said that was a great idea. It happens yeah. all the time in the world. Sure does. What's a Supra? I, I love, I love this thing. I just actually love this thing. So
0: you and I are going to have to agree to disagree. I like. This. So are you suggesting that nobody really knows what the Fiat One Twenty Four is, or, or it's not on the radar like a Miata, so therefore is likely to be cheaper?
1: I like it because it's the alternative choice. Uh, okay, you can, oh. you can, you can own a distinctly Italian styled car.
0: <laughs> that has
1: the 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 DNA of the lampretti designed f uh, uh, you know Fiat uh, one twenty four right so um yeah, look it's a you know, it's a hybrid basically in in a very nice way. I love these cars. I think they're great. If I could fit in them, I'd probably own one I can't fit. yeah, in. so it's all it's a
0: downside. Yeah, yep, yeah, it's not it's not a big
1: person car. so
0: well, this one is an automatic, which I think yeah. with the turbo is is not such a downside. A lot of people like the turbo, but I'm with you. If you're if you're much over six one six two, forget it. You're just not going to be comfortable in these cars, unfortunately. The thing was, I was just a couple months ago. I got had some seat time with the current generation, a new Miata. And what's amazing, Dave, we're in the let's see, the, I think the fifth generation Miata. The first one came out in '89. So how many years is that? Thirty three years or so. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they maintain that spirit of the car. They're just really fun and light and agile and tossable. I don't know how they did it, but it's now uh, a way more livable car all around yet still every bit is fun. I remember when I first drove the current generation, I sold all my NAs. That's the first generation. I'm like, well, I don't need these. I can get all the fun in this modern car, but well, of course I changed my mind and now I have two NAs, but (laughs) I think what I'm I'm, I'm getting, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I hate to agree with you, Dave, but I think you're, you're onto something here. Well, here's the thing. I'm, you know,
1: and you're absolutely right name your favorite car that the name brand you know or the, the the nameplate of that car has been out for 30 years and you know it went through all kinds of revolutions and oh, yeah. revolutions and everything else this is a car that Not always, better. always remained a driver's car always yeah. always always the miata now we're talking about and uh, you know huge accolades to them they didn't say they didn't listen to the bean counters and said, you know, if you make it about a foot wider and three and a half feet, <laughs> right? put an extra set of seats <laughs> in and we'll sell a lot more of them. They totally. Under, they understood this was a halo car, you know, for the brand and they've maintained that and, you know, hats off to Mazda for that.
0: Totally great. I mean, that's a great pick. I mean, the, the next one is also on Hagerty Marketplace and uh, there's such odd cars. Uh, it's a 68 American Motors AMX. I, I mean- just talk about this thing, how it fits in with Camaros and Mustangs and Challengers. I would never understood it, but it's kind of the same, right? I don't know. Okay, you what take
1: about- a ja- you take a Javelin, you you saw it in half. You take what's oh, a Javelin? Uh, an AMC Javelin, which was their you know their two door sporty car. It was their oh, Mustang. Okay. It was their Camaro, but they took a couple inches out of it, threw away the back seat, and called it the AMX and so it's a short wheelbase car uh, not that you'd notice or not that you'd think that it was amazingly short wheelbase it's just much shorter wheelbase stubby version yeah 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 there you go and the amx was the performance car and uh, american motors mm. at the time was you know kind of on their way out and they had some problems they they made it a, you know another 10 years whatever but um uh, it was a it was a true performance car and equipped the right way it was a real performance car now this is just uh A very, very, very attractively priced the model. It's fifteen five. It's not the auction. It's the Hagerty Marketplace. It's the classifieds. Yeah, yeah. And so it's got some wants, but you know, getting in this thing for fifteen five, you know, what a great way to uh, you know start working on the car that you're driving. And and this is that kind of car. Um, Oh, we have have AMXs for a low of thirteen eight and a high of fifty three nine. So there's some upside there. You know, spend some money,
0: you still get out at
1: thirty-five grand, something like
0: that. Yeah, it. I see what you mean. Okay, that's a great idea. Um, again, I hate to agree with you, Dave. I mean, uh, you know, usually I I think you're you don't know what you're talking about, but I sure. might have to eat eat my lunch here. I mean, this car certainly. The photos do a really good job of describing it. You can see some uh, a little bit of rust in the doors. You can see yep. some worse than bondo repairs, but again, like you say. You get all the experience and all the fun at a very attractive price. And as you know, we just did this whole thing on Patina. You know, we did a whole issue on it at the Heritage Drivers Club. And we said, you know, just own it and celebrate it and don't sweat it and get out and drive your car. Here we have a driver. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. You can do what you want. Uh, And, you know, look, AMXs are not easy to find um mm. either are parts for amx's from what i understand from people but Uh-oh. uh you know this is a, a pretty cool palette you can start with it at a really really cheap price and it's in your home state so you should go buy it but you never listen to me you always make the wrong mistake <laughs> you do, so.
0: i wish you'd just run my life for me Dave. it'd be so much yeah, easier yeah, i mean yeah. i'm mean, yeah. having year. trouble running my own larry so
1: <laughs> I, you don't
0: want oh, me running your life well now we're going to go the the total opposite end of the spectrum and oh, this yeah. is, uh, you know, next month it's a big deal because of the, all the auctions are in Scottsdale, Arizona, every January. And this one you've highlighted is the 1937 Mercedes-Benz 540K Special Roadster. This looks like one of those things that is a what I would call a concourse car, is on some lawn somewhere being judged. Tell us about this thing. Well, this is actually
1: a British-bodied car, and so it's really interesting. This was Don Williams' car. Now, Don Williams was one of the names oh. in the... In the old car in the classic car worlds, a true gentleman, a great guy. Uh, you know, I am I am proud to say that I knew him. Uh, that's a, that's what kind of guy he was. But anyhow, this is one of his cars. It's going up at Barrett-Jackson. Uh, you know, it's not going to be affordable. It's a 540K Special Roadster, some of the most expensive line of cars in the world. Some, you know, off-putting to some people. It's a 1937 German car, so think about it. You know, it was not uh, exactly a happy time for the people of Germany. Even though some of them thought maybe it was a happy time, but it didn't turn out real well. So anyhow, the uh, uh, but but they made some incredibly beautifully styled cars for that new, huh. invention, new invention called the Autobot, and this was what this was. Oh, wow! This was a get in and go from one large city to another type of car, and you did it in all kinds of styles. So. You know, it, uh, just a throwback, we're talking about uh, the January auctions. You said they happen in Scottsdale. They also happen in a little place called uh, Kissimmee, Florida. But right, we we'll get into uh, that in a bit. So, uh, um, you know, it's January is going to be a big month for auctions is what we're trying to tell everybody. And uh, if you don't know it, look at look them up and, and take a look and have some fun. Go to them.
0: But this car is rarefied air, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: absolutely. I mean, it's as blue chip as they get. Yes, the 540K is, uh, the K stands for compressor. It is a supercharged car. It is as rare as uh, as production cars ever get. Does the English body help or hurt its value or not? doesn't matter. I don't think it helps it at all because some of the uh, German bodies, the factory coach builder was called Singelfagen, uh-huh. Singelfagen, And uh, they made some very, very beautiful cars. This car is a little bit elongated for me. I think if it was shorter, uh, the body style was a little more compact. It would be prettier, my opinion, my opinion only. But, you know, hey, I'm not going to... Somebody offers me a 540K, I'm going to take it no matter
0: what, right? But this is like a German version of the Duesenberg, right?
1: Exactly. Precisely. And what what is something
0: like this... Go. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Well,
1: they, you know, they start under a million and they go up from there. So it depends on the body style, it depends on the condition and everything else. But these are million-dollar cars all the way up to, who knows, four, five, six, seven million now, something like that. But it would depend on what the car was, the history of the car, and the body style.
0: Wow. It'll be fun to watch. I mean, I, I don't think 540Ks come up for auction very often, right? They're usually traded private hands, like, yeah, quietly. May, maybe, so it's a big deal? maybe in a big year two or three would come up something like oh. that
1: but uh you know I, like i said don williams car uh makes all the difference to me he was uh, you know a guy who really really knew these classic cars
0: yeah the next one uh on the list is way more of my style it's a 63 corvette split window coupe um that's also for sale at barra jackson it will be for sale at scottsdale next next month um this is a this is so interesting to me is that this little strip of uh, fiberglass that bisects the rear window has a huge effect on the value of these cars doesn't it well this is also a Zeecc so we'll get to that in a minute but it's okay un- yeah
1: unbelievable the one year only they put uh, you know they they made it into a dual window car so it had what's known as a split rear window in 64 they eliminated it the reason why they said was because people couldn't see out the back end of it it would like divide the mirror so you'd be looking at the you know, it's the part of the windshield you couldn't see out of and it drove some people crazy. Back in the day, you're gonna love this. People updated their sixty threes into sixty fours by cutting that piece out and putting a sixty wow. uh, back window in. Uh you won't find people doing that anymore. Very distinctive. in <laughs> these cars about a year ago, they started really going crazy because uh, oh. and and part of it was the cars at Barrett Jackson. They sold some resto mods for more than fully restored cars with Salesforce. So these were 63 resto mods, and they they've made it onto the uh, you know the radar screen of a of a whole bunch of collectors. These are cars that were basically body only. Everything underneath was like a tube chassis or something along those lines. And uh, you know modern air conditioning, modern brakes, modern powertrain, modern uh, you know uh, transmission, all this sort of stuff. This is not that. This is a Z06, and Z06s go. In the price guide, uh, let's see here. I got my list. Uh, 261 is the start for a number four, all the way up to $425,000. So this is a magnificently wow. expensive Corvette.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's really a collectible car. I don't like to use that word, but the reason you'd buy this is you, you want the original Z06 package. You want the four speed, you want the motor, you, you know, all that stuff. And that's, you know, cause you can get a similar experience. Like you just mentioned as a resto mod for probably less, but this is the, I think a 63 split window Z06 is, I mean, is that the top level? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: 60s I mean, Corvette. Yeah. Well, Grand Sports are another one, but uh, oh, yeah, okay. Z06 is a very big deal. Uh, they have, you know, big tanks, small tanks. You know, for the size of the gas tanks and some other you know distinctions, but these are the uh, the knee plus ultra of uh, '60s Corvettes of the uh, of
0: the genera- second generation Corvettes. These are my favorite looking Corvettes ever made. The coupe version of the C two is gorgeous. I mean, in in a silver or like a dark color, like a dark blue. I mean, I've always wanted one of these cars. Have you ever owned one? I've uh, never owned a 63. I worked at a place and we
1: had a couple 63s in stock, so I've driven a bunch of them. I've owned 64, 65, 66, and 67, but never 63.
0: Okay, but you've driven, that this okay. gener- you've owned this
1: generation Corvette. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they were a fun car to drive. I love the fact that, uh, here's a little tip for you. Everybody says it's 36,000 original miles. Guess what? They had a little gear in the odometer that was made of nylon. And they'd all break at about 30,000 miles.
0: So <laughs> really?
1: In the 70s, people drove them for years with no uh, working <laughs> odometer. And then, uh, you know, I mean, this is just old guy stuff. And then you, you know, you, you'd you see them in the 80s, and it's like, you know, this car bought it from the original owner, and it's only got 36,000 miles. And you just smile and you go, yeah. And they just
0: replaced the gear just before they sold it to you. So. Oh my gosh, that's good. That is some deep inside knowledge. Oh, I'm going to, you yeah. know, so Hang that on car. I'm going to call yeah, you. Go. Well, it'll be fun to see that. What's the next one that you got your eye on? We've got a couple here in uh,
1: Mecham, Kissimmee. Now, Kissimmee is a smaller town in Florida. It's not far from Orlando. And this auction absolutely takes over the town. Mecham sa- sells thousands of cars over, I don't know, 10-day period, something like that. Talk about something for everybody. There's something for everybody in Arizona. Don't get me wrong. And there's something for everybody at every large auction. But Meacham, I I swear, you could stand there and 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 go through the cars. There, if if there's not fifty cars that you'd buy and bring home, you're not a car guy. There's that much stuff there. And two cars, two of the cars I'm highlighting. One's a '56 Packard Caribbean. These things have gone down in value dramatically. Um, They're you know thirty five thousand to one hundred three thousand. They're a hell of a car. This was Packard. You know, they only had a couple years left in 1956. This was to be with the Imperials, the Cadillacs, and the Continentals and the oh, wow of the time. And this car has some great stuff. It's convertible. They, you know, most of them are in a Tritone uh, paint scheme. And uh, it has something very unusual that I don't know of any other car from the factory that had. They had a reversible interior. What do you mean? What does that mean? You would zip off the leather Turn it around, and the inside was cloth. So you want it you get it to match your clothes? Well, you get it to match the season. I think was what the thing <laughs> was. I mean, you 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 don't want that uh, that uh, hot and sticky leather in the summertime. Oh, so I see. Wow. Up. So I mean, I just love that that you know these that somebody thought this was a great idea. You could basically unzip the seats and then put them back in backwards. Um, so I mean, you know, talk about the extra time that it would take to. Just make that seat cover is just absolutely unbelievable. Some uh, some people working in the uh, sewing division, probably almost all females, and it was in the 1950s. Oh. Would would spend a day or two on each interior, uh, you know, like just making the seats.
0: And, I mean, what a what a period piece. I exactly. mean, exactly. it's so exactly. cool. I mean, I mean, you know, and you yeah. show
1: some you show somebody who is under you know, 70 years of age and they just don't believe it. I mean, you know, it's, so it's a great stunt at a car show or, uh, you know, cars and coffee. You can, you know, take your interior and unzip part of it and put the other side out. It's
0: kind of fun. Yeah. It's push button transmission, power windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff for that. Era. What, what car does it look like, um, uh, more than
1: anything else from behind the iron Curtain?
0: Oh, I, 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 I don't know. It starts with a V, right? Well, it's a Zill, but you're,
1: you're oh. close. The, the, well, they were, there were, <laughs> there were, vol- there were Volgas and things like that. Volgas. Like, um, that's what I was thinking. Know, yeah. But, uh, but the styling of this thing, if you take a look, take a look at this picture and then go look at a Zill from the 1950s and 60s, you'll see that, um, shall we just say things were borrowed. Now, I don't know if, uh, there was true. It's true that Packard sold some of their, uh, you know, their manufacturing goods to, uh, Ah, uh, to the Soviets to make the cars, but it so this body style stayed on until ba- basically the 1980s. Uh, in another incar- incarnation, in another uh, part of the world. Thank
0: yeah, you. I mean the well, basic cool style. I mean, in the 50s, as in today, the basic shape and the styles is is very derivative. I mean, a mainline for you know, Crown Vic from this era. I mean, they are cousins, if not. Yeah. siblings okay. you know yeah, yeah so sure. so the look was kind of a state but yeah i mean i think this whole generation of cars is you know a lot of collectors had them and um it's they're moving on to the next generation and as you've talked about many many times that presents a lot of bargains especially this car that's for sale looks like it was meticulously maintained like so this is you, the kind of car you want to buy you buy a number two and you're going to love it for the rest of your life somebody
1: spent all that money doing it you just take care of it you can put it in a garage yeah. make sure it's a you know make sure it's maintained this car will last another 30, 40 years easily in really nice shape unless you, you know, you beat it. So, uh, it, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value for people who, you know, kind of contrarians are looking for that, that type of car. Are you going to kiss me? I am not. I'm planning on going to, um, Barrett Jackson and, uh, there's a couple other auctions out there. So I'm planning on going to Scottsdale in uh, January.
0: I just want to walk there with you and I'm going to have 10,000 in my pocket. You're going to have 10,000 in your pocket. And we're going to hunt for bargains, Dave. You know, the thing to do, and, you know, another, you know,
1: top tip here is go early because that's yeah. where the, that's where the bargains are, are many, many more. You go to the first day of one of these you know 11 day or 12 day auctions, the first couple of days, it's, it, it's like a flea market. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to fall through the cracks and the big dog buyers aren't going to be there. They're, they're there for the last few days when it gets, uh, you know, really intensive. So, you know, there's some, there's some crap cars there for sure, because there always are, but there's some great cars that just kind of go through. There's the kind of the, you know, maybe it's a used car. Maybe it's a collectible car that takes up a lot of those auctions in the first couple of days. And so there's a a big wide variety of stuff.
0: Okay. This last one on the list is going to create a stir. I mean, it it is a, 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 a I'm speechless. So Dave, you're going to have to take over. What are we looking at? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, 66 Ford GT 40 Mark one road car. So this wow. was the lower race car. It was a road car. There is, there are volumes of books written about the GT 40. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, this was the car in, you know, Ford versus Ferrari. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the race version of this was the car that dominated in the mid sixties at Le Mans. Um, and there's so much to be said about these cars. There's, there's so many different models of these things, like submodels, even within a group. So I don't know this car at all. I don't know the history of this. That's beautiful. But the car is painfully gorgeous, isn't it? And in a, in a color I would never expect it kind of a opalescent pearl green blue. I mean, I don't know what the name of the color is, but, uh. Uh, just a really, really pretty color, and it is absolutely a sexy car.
0: Now, I believe somebody's going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a Mark One, and the way you know that is it has the 289, which is called the small block V8. The one, the version of this car that beat Ferrari was the Mark Two, sure, and that had the 427, which was had more power. The engine was less stressed in racing than the 289, and you know, it was a better race car. However, I would bet as a street car, the 289 with its lighter, maybe more freer revving V8, just like the 289 Cobras everybody loves, this is probably the car to have. And, it, you know, it's really interesting to me because when you look at the photos, especially the interior, I looked at, I'm like, is that a kid car? You know, it's. I, it has a pad and armrest. And it has carpet. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. I guess it was the street version, which they only made a couple less than 30 of. So, such an rare, odd car. Uh, Another one of those that just doesn't come up very often, I think. No, no. And uh,
1: this, uh, you know, the the notations on the auction, previous ownership for nearly 30 years and unseen by the public. Um, You know, photo documented restoration. Uh, you know, previously owned by, uh, a portion Ferrari works driver, uh, yeah. history doc, uh, history dossier, uh, by Ronnie Spain, a couple of, you know, differentiators here, but there's also a 13,000 original car.
0: Amazing. Yeah. You I got any guess for what I'm this not, goes not, for? I
1: am not even going to. Oh, please. Guessing. I'm going to be wrong. I'm just going to be wrong. Uh, that's so what I, I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can tell me again <laughs> that I was wrong. I like it. I, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, my money stops at a uh, million and a half, two million, but somebody else is going to pay more than that.
0: So, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're in a GT40s and you want something you could drive and take around, I mean, what else are you going to buy? I mean, it just seems like in this opportunity, this is why I see like values get so uh, crazy. So let's say um, I'm, I'm like your age, right, Dave? And I've got all the money in the world and I've always wanted one of these. I wouldn't care what it would cost. I would just like, yeah, I'm going to overpay. I don't care. Buy it.
1: No, I mean, you know, w- you know, wait for the next one when you're when you're in your sixties <laughs> is not always going to happen, right? Yes, I know so, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got the coin and you've got the desire, uh, you know, I will never, ever, ever say you pulled the plug on the wrong, wrong one for getting a uh, for getting a non-competition one. And like you said, I think a 289 is an easier to live with car than a 427, and always will be.
0: Oh, well, Dave, uh, you know, this is our last show of the year of 2023. It's been a great year. I want to thank you. I've learned so much talking with you um, and I've really had a lot of fun. I hope the audience has enjoyed, you know, getting to know uh, Dave and me and, and learning about cars. And, you know, I think, Dave, the thing I've learned from you, especially at this period in time, is that it's it really is. It's a great time to buy and yeah. um uh, you know there's still a lot of bargains out there the markets softened, but it's just sort of become more rational and um any what do, what do you want to add as we close out 23 dave well I, I think that uh
1: you know it would be a very good time to think about uh um checking out the cars in your garage and deciding what's not working and what is working um I go through this process every year, and at the end hmm. of the you know at the end of the day, there's a couple cars that I think you know maybe that's not the right one for me anymore. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying I have one that I've already picked out or anything like that. I don't know, but I think it's a really good process. If you don't love the car, if the car's not loving you, get rid of it. And hmm. you know, springtime is the time to do that. So you got you know three months, four months to get your car ready for sale. You can right you know, do do everything maybe except the photography, what you want to do when the leaves are out. If you if um, you know, that's the, uh, um, you know, if that's the uh, issue and that's what you want to do, but we'll see.
0: Well, uh, thank you very much. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will see you in 2024. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great change of year.